Okay, legal AF, here we go. Let's get back to the show, man. Live. Trump gets crushed by law and worst week yet. Legal AF. Hey, y'all. It's Leader Hakeem Hey, y'all. I'm going to keep it hey, short yeah. and keep it real. Our democracy is under attack. House Democrats need your support. Can you rush us? Five. No, we need to get politics out of, I mean, money out of politics, not politics out of money. We need to get all money out of politics. We travel in a van with our two cats, and this week we're visiting family. With auto ship right. from Chewy, we're easily able to push... And, ...and everything else. This is just going to make it infinitely harder for Scott McAfee to administer justice and make sure the jurors are willing to serve. And that, again, delay, 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 all part of the plan for Donald Trump. And some of which this prosecutor is not going to be able to um, do anything about because it's just it's just what it is. So remand, I think, solves a problem. I mean, a, a removal may solve a problem for her. She may be able to get a trial out the gate faster through a much more efficient rocket docket of federal court than being quagmired in what looks to be a more complicated and longer process in Fulton County, Georgia. Fulton County. I'm going to ask Michael Popak if. Hi, Michael and Ben. Love your show! Exclamation point. Hey, can any of these prosecutors file to disqualify Trump as a candidate? Oh. Trista for Perez. Trump for prison. Okay. This is Hi Michael and Ben. Love your show. I'm your number one fan. Hey, can any of the prosecutors file to disqualify Trump as he as a candidate? Can I do it? Keep up the great work. Thank you for your service. Guys, love you the best. You're the best. Christopher Perez, Trump for prison. This is a good point. Judge Chutkin and Fannie Willis may both have to have lifelong security. Legal AF Midas Touch just streamed exclamation points. Trump is gets crushed by law in worst week yet. Ha ha ha.
Your love is like bad medicine. More We're complicated and longer process in Fulton County, Georgia. Fulton County Sheriff's uh, Department is now currently investigating yeah. numerous threats made to the grand jurors, numerous threats made against Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. You gave the analogy to January 6th where Donald Trump aided, abetted, stoked it, caused it, encouraged it. And right now, we're going to talk about later in the show as well, you know, with you know, thousands of January 6th insurrectionists convicted, many serving, uh, you know, some serious time in prison, um, and Donald Trump then not helping them out at all, except perhaps releasing a song with them on the Apple charts, the January 6th insurrectionist anthem, they call it the January 6th anthem that Donald Trump is himself grifting off of and making money off of. So I would expect to see numerous of, of these keyboard terrorists being prosecuted and very quickly going to jail for probably the rest of their life in Fulton County uh, as a result of their threats and intimidation. I mean, there's serious sentences for them. You've also see like the MAGA Republicans in Georgia who are slightly different to your point than the Kempian uh, Republicans in Georgia, slightly different. Um, but for example, you know, the MAGA Republicans led uh, this, this campaign this week lying and saying that Trump will be facing death by lethal injection as a result of the prosecution. And they went on Newsmax and all of their right-wing shows to, to, to say that. It's like it's untethered from the, the, what the real world is. There he is right there, Colton Moore, who's a, a MAGA Republican from Georgia, saying that the Republicans in Georgia need to intervene and hold an emergency session. Kemp isn't going to hold an emergency session. In fact, Kemp stated that he would be um, willing to testify against Donald Trump if he is called to do so in that action. But in the same interview, I think Kemp said he'd also probably vote for Trump again, or he wouldn't rule out voting for Trump because that's the modern-day Republican Party for you folks. But let's go down a little more south to uh, Florida. Let's talk about Judge Eileen Cannon, the mess that she's making from her docket. Let's compare that to what's going on in Judge Chutkin's court. So this week as well, we saw uh, Donald Trump had to submit his opposition brief to special counsel Jack Smith's request for a trial date. Jack Smith requesting the trial date in the D.C. case against Trump for crimes relating to the 2020 election. Smith requesting January 2nd of 2024. Trump filed an opposition brief requesting April 2026. And then Trump filed a notice with Judge Eileen Cannon basically like, a, I, don't, I don't even know what this is, a tattletale motion, and saying, look, Judge Cannon, uh, Jack Smith set a December 11th jury selection date before Judge Chutkin. Judge Cannon, that's the date that you have for pretrial motions in the trial you set on May of 2024 in your courtroom. You set pretrial motions December 11, 2023. Isn't Jack Smith bad? Do something. Take quote, take appropriate action against Jack Smith. And Judge Eileen Cannon is so corrupt and inexperienced, she probably will do something. But but here's the thing, Popak. The Judge Chutkin schedule has not been set yet. The way you would deal with this as responsible lawyers representing the parties is 
You'd show up at the hearing. First off, you'd, you'd live in the same reality. And maybe <laughs> Trump's lawyers wouldn't say April 2026. You would say, hey, let's pick a trial date. We want 2025. But we can't do that date because, remember, we've got a pretrial uh, motion hearing. And then Jack Smith would go, okay, well, we could do this earlier, then do jury selection later in the afternoon. The first day of jury selection anyway would probably just be showing up to the court, the jury maybe gets briefed, so there's not like, you know, the potential jury pool gets briefed, so it's not like even a day that is, you know, you know, disruptive to anything else. It's not like Trump's going to be showing up to the pretrial motion hearing before Judge Eileen Cannon, but you work out those issues. But for Trump's lawyers, they go 2026 and then whine to Judge Cannon, and then also, and I'll get your take on that, and also this, Popak, but then I think what Jack Smith's learned from the first experience with Cannon back in 2022, where she was overturned twice in two scathing orders by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, is she's so dumb and corrupt. But if she, she's not even intellectually curious, and this case involves SEPA, the Classified Information Protections Act, and there's very complex rules about it. Like the most basic one is you can't have SEPA hearings in public, right? So she said a SEPA hearing in public over the protective order. And then she had to basically say, okay, actually, I'm canceling that on August 25th. I'm not going to give you the date about it. But I also want to hear from Dale Oliveira, the new co-defendant, the maintenance worker. Hey, Dale Oliveira, what do you think about SEPA? Who the hell cares what Dale Oliveira thinks about SEPA? He's the maintenance worker. He's not. A, he's not. He doesn't have a classified document. The maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago doesn't get access to classified information. He's not even charged with willful retention of national defense information. That's not what he did. He did the maintenance at Mar-a-Lago, and so why would he even? Why is he even relevant to the analysis? But she did that, Popak, where she said, I want to hear from De Oliveira, and now I'm going to cancel the hearing because she screwed up. And she didn't want to just admit that she that she screwed up, that it was you know not allowed to be a public hearing. So now she created this other date where she's screwing up again. And what we see is Smith filing you know, Garcia motion after Garcia motion, pointing out the conflicts of interest in Donald Trump's lawyers. Um, and the, the lawyers that he's paying for through his political action arm, representing the co-defendants who are also representing witnesses who want to testify against the co-defendants. So for everybody saying, why hasn't Jack Smith gone to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeal yet? Why hasn't he appealed? He's going to. And he's now created a situation where when he goes there, he's going to be armed with all of these mistakes that she's made. And then I think we're going to see a real scathing order. What's your take on what's been going on in her doctor? Yeah, lots, so many spinning plates, but we got them. We're, we're there to catch them. So a couple of things, I'll, I'll respond to a couple of the ways that you portrayed this, which I think are right, a couple of data points we'll try to connect here. But first of all, um, Cannon is often wrong. This is one of the problems with being a new federal judge who seems not to have a proper, her compass seems to be cracked. Uh, on a number of occasions. I've already reported on a hot take that she screwed up in another case. Uh, she's not good on what's public and what's not public. Like she threw the 
she threw observers out of jury selection, which you're not allowed to do in the United States of America because it's a public process, and she got chastised by both the defense and the prosecution. She just doesn't seem to have a handle on complicated things. No surprise, she was chosen to be a federal judge through Marco Rubio in a sleepy little backwater town at the very top of the Southern District of Florida in Fort Pierce. She thought she'd probably roll out the rest of her career handling an occasional drug case, some immigration fraud cases, and, you know, the occasional, you know, maybe, maybe a breach of contract case that was large enough to be in federal court, and I doubt it. This is how she thought she was going to roll out the rest of her career. Instead, she got assigned, the, the, you know, arguably in history, one of the most important cases in the history of America out of Fort Pierce. And she's showing constantly that the, the empress has no clothes, right? She doesn't know what she's doing procedurally, and nobody's there apparently to guide her. So one, and then she's cleaning up behind herself, trying to figure out, well, no, I can't do the, the secret SEPA hearing in public, so we'll have to do it at another time and place. And like you said, what do you think, what's on the maintenance worker's minds about all this? I'd like to hear from him. And then she still has this grand jury, multiple grand jury issue in her brain that she probably, as you've noted on a hot take, picked up from Fox News and a former lawyer of Donald Trump the day before mentioning, why are there multiple grand juries? And why are there still things going on in the D.C. about Florida and the Mar-a-Lago? Maybe there's a problem there. And the next day she was like, maybe there's a problem with the multiple grand juries and they should be evaluated. And so they're still briefing this issue, which is a total non-issue about how, how Jack Smith is running the grand juries. We just got a ruling, for instance, that really relates to Mar-a-Lago, where Jeb Boesberg, the chief judge of the district court sitting in D.C., made a decision that as of right now, the testimony of Evan Corcoran, the former lawyer for Donald Trump, who participated potentially in the crime and fraud of hiding the documents from the government at Mar-a-Lago, his testimony of the grand jury is going to remain sealed for now. Who made that decision? Not Judge Cannon. Judge Boesberg up in D.C. because it related to the grand jury work that was done up there. That's one. As to this, what are they doing with trying to get Cannon to step into this issue about um, trial dates, even for ones that haven't been set yet, in front of Judge Chutkin? And Salty will put this up. Look, there is a, speaking of canons, no pun intended, there is a federal judicial canon of ethics that does allow and actually suggests that judges should talk among themselves in what's called an ex parte fashion. You go to Canon 3A, little 4, little B in the hole. It says that a judge in performing their duties and the office fairly, impartially, and diligently, when circumstances required for the administration of justice, may have an ex parte communication with somebody else like another judge as long as the judge believes reasonably that having that discussion about administration coordination of dates is not giving one side or the other an unfair tactical or substantive advantage. So judges talk, and frankly, as I outlined at the very top of the show, judges are going to have to get together and talk here, and not just about this. And judges do talk. I know we always see them as these impassive, you know, sort of sphinx-like characters until we read their opinions, um, that are making decisions, but they have stuff to do. And so Cannon can call Chutkin, and Chutkin can call Cannon, and they could all have a conference call. Oh, wouldn't I love to be on that conference call? They could all have a conference call with Judge, even Judge Mershon, 
or they can have a conference call to include, you know, um, you know, uh, all the new judges, Judge McAfee, to talk about the trial calendar. It doesn't have to be a binary where they're not communicating and they got to read about it in the paper. They can get on a call under this canon 3A4B. And I think they're trying to get Canon to take the bait to get into a conversation with Chuckin about administration and about trial dates. And from there, they can set the checkerboard, the calendar that we're talking about, about getting, getting things to trial. Sooner rather than later, Chutkin, we'll talk about next, is going to take over as the lead criminal judge for Donald Trump. It's just the nature of the case that's been filed, her personality and reputation, and, and, and the issues that are in front of her. There is no doubt in my mind that Judge Chutkin, as, as, as Jack Smith and his team have always hoped and expected since she was selected, is going to be the first among equals of all these judges. And as she goes and her courtroom goes, so go the rest of the cases. Because she's going to be setting hard deadlines. The others are going to have to catch up and yield to her because of the type of case, who she is, and the rest. And that includes... Eileen Cannon sitting in Fort Pierce, Florida, about document issues. And that's just going to happen sooner rather than later. It's going to come to a head, I believe, and Ben, you and I will cover it, as soon as that hearing on the 25th or 28th of August happens in front of Judge Chutkin about trial setting. One thing I want to mention about that. In the, in the brief that was filed, the one that I screwed up in my hot take, about, about April of 2026 is a great date, which is basically let's not ever have a trial, Your Honor. Um, it, to check in, I could not believe, I want to get your opinion on this, that in the, in the language, the verbiage that they used, that, that Mr. Singer, for John Loro's office, who wrote the brief, used two things. One I anticipated, because I said on this show, they're going to talk about how if you stacked all, the, all of the government's production of documents to them end-to-end, it'll reach to the moon. They didn't use the moon analogy. They used the Washington Monument. Let's put a pin in that for a minute. And in the beginning, the first quote talked about a mob rule out of control and that this judicial system should be respected and it shouldn't be the equivalent of a mob out of control. Okay, either they're missing the, these are the subliminal messages. What mob, what mob are we talking about? When we're talking about a Jan 6, you mean the one that your client lit the fuse of and weaponized and pointed them to the, at the direction of elected officials? And the Washington Monument, you mean the place where the Proud Boys met at 10 a.m. to lead the charge and the assault on the Capitol? Why you would use in front of Judge Chutkin and give her the ability to do an overhead forehand smash right back on you with those words? I have no earthly idea. They live in another planet, even in their filings. In I just saw the two filings back-to-back by... Uh, Lauro and Blanche in uh, Miami and South Florida and the one in D.C. In one, they call him the President of the United States, Donald Trump. In the other, they call him the former President of the United States, Donald Trump. You know, they can't even get their act straight there. But look, this whole Mar-a-Lago thing is, is a dress rehearsal for, for, for Jack Smith as he pressurizes her, Eileen Cannon, to get something up to the 11th Circuit. But the big show... The big stage for him is going to be, as far, in my opinion, Tanya Chutkin, who's going to have a hearing at the end of the month about trial setting and everything else that Donald Trump has done since he was warned in her courtroom two weeks ago that all of your actions outside of this courtroom 
are going to be evaluated to see if you are interfering with the proper administration of justice, which is frankly the only concern that I have as a federal judge. And that's and now she's going to say, well, let's look what happened since you were last with me. And if they think she hasn't seen it and Jack Smith's not going to put it in front of her, they got another thing coming. You know, I have a unique take, and I think you share this view, which is I really don't fault anybody in theory for representing Donald Trump. If you're a criminal defense lawyer, that's what you do. You represent people who are accused of crimes. I know a lot of criminal defense lawyers. I started my career working for a criminal defense lawyer. That's what criminal defense lawyers do, folks. But for me, the issue becomes where you're no longer acting as a criminal defense lawyer, right? Where you're acting in the most egregious examples as a co-defendant, like many who were indicted in Fulton County, Georgia, and as many of Donald Trump's lawyers actively then commit the crimes with him, or when you're acting as a propaganda machine to overthrow our democracy, then to me you're not really acting as a lawyer anymore. You are acting as a corrupt actor trying to destroy our democracy, and I believe that is a disgrace to the legal profession, and I think the arguments that are being made before Judge Chutkin and in some of these other cases by Donald Trump's lawyers are a disgrace to the legal profession. And to your point, they are not making legal arguments. What they are doing is they are stroking Donald Trump's malignant, narcissistic, sociopathic ego in the filings. And they are utilizing it so Rupert Murdoch and Newsmax and others can take those passages and put it on their media platforms and say, look, here's a court document, here's the language that is being used. And then when a judge rules against them because they're not even making valid legal arguments, they cry and play the victim. Oh, the system's out to get me, the system's out to get me. You know, I'm reminded of the New York Attorney General Letitia James uh, preliminary injunction motion that she filed. Um, this goes back to October of 2022, but the order issued by Justice Arthur and Goron, who again Donald Trump whined again, goes, uh, Goron's out to get me, the judge is out to get me. Like Justice Goron in his order was like, you haven't put forward a scintilla of evidence. You know, that, that case involves fraudulent valuations. And I un understand that at that time Trump was invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, as were many others. But in the court, what you do if someone files a preliminary injunction and you want to rebut it, you submit at least one affidavit. You, you normally submit dozens from people who rebut the allegation with evidence and with facts, and you follow the procedures that exist within our judicial system. And frankly, that is not what MAGA lawyers do. They want to rip apart our judiciary, and that is why this show, Legal AF, and others on the Midas Touch Network, and the news coverage we give at MidasTouch.com, though I think is so critical and crucial at this moment, at this time, Specifically because it needs to, where else is that stuff being rebutted with this evidence-based approach? And speaking about Donald Trump and his lawyers believing that they are 
outside of the system, extrajudicial, extra, you know, you know, that they're not law and order. They want to, like, negotiate with Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis, which we, we, we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, he's got he's to gotta surrender. The surrender date is August 25th for them to show up and surrender and be booked into the Fulton County Prison. And Fawny Willis is like, I'm treating you like anybody else. You sh- 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 show up when you want to show up. You're going to get booked. You're going to get a mugshot taken. You're going to stand on the scale. You're going to be treated like everybody else is treated, and that is anathema to MAGA Republicans. And just take a look at even kind of the spineless Kevin McCarthy here. Let's talk about the spineless Kevin McCarthy here for, for, for just one moment. And that's really how I want to talk about George Santos, because George Santos is such a clown, this MAGA Republican. He represents the district that I grew up in, Long Island's 3rd Congressional District, which is just such a shame that it even exists that way. But here you've got a situation where you've got George Santos, who's under indictment, who admitted to crimes that he committed in Brazil, who's admitted to lying about the most heinous things after being caught lying about it, from parents dying in 9-11 to his college to the job, like literally every aspect of his life. And then someone who who uh, defrauded veterans by saying he was going to raise money on GoFundMe for their dying pets, and then he would steal the money and let the veterans' pets die. Like, like he, I mean, some of the sickest stuff. But Kevin McCarthy doesn't really say you know anything about him. And then, and then we knew about this before. One of the things Santos' top campaign aide was doing, who was just indicted this past week, he was... Uh, impersonating McCarthy's chief of staff, telling people to donate to Santos on be using an email account with a fake email account that was uh, impersonating McCarthy's chief of staff to earn commissions, and Santos benefited from that. Santos just like walks around the halls of Congress. You don't hear anything from <laughs> from Kevin McCarthy, and now uh, you have this guy, the, the top eight of Santos. Um, who was indicted this week, you know, Samuel Mele, Mele. and uh, this guy indicted in the same courthouse that Santos is indicted on um, for Santos's wire fraud. It's, 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 I don't think we need to do a, a, a deep analysis into that one, Popox. I just have say. one line. I just have one line. It, it, the irony is dripping that the person who impersonated people has a person that worked for him that is being indicted for impersonating somebody as well. And there's that link, because he sent an email, Milly, Miley, whatever his name is, to George Santos, in which he told George Santos, I just impersonated some big name in order to get money. Big risk, big reward. And he actually broke that to Santos, which, of course, the prosecutors who have 13 indictment counts against George, Sant- uh, against George Santos found in all of their things. Both these guys are going down, and Miley, Mealy, is assigned to a brand new, speaking of brand new judges, a brand new Biden judge um, in, that, in that eastern district of New York that covers your old hometown. Um, couldn't happen to nicer people. Again, the lack of courage, balls, gravitas, and other things for the Republican Party leadership is breathtaking. And I think we're really, I, as I said to you, uh, just in pre-production and also just gabbing when you and I talk, that the worm for me, I think, is, I think the worm has turned for Donald Trump. And now we're really seeing in the 
rate in the in the approval ratings and in the head-to-head -head contest predictions in the last two weeks a real hit to Donald Trump's numbers and the fact that 63% of Americans do not believe he should be the president of the United States. They can say what they want about Joe Biden, and I don't know why they complain about Joe Biden the way they do, given his record of, of a phenomenal body of work. But if 63% of the people on off your fourth indictment don't think you should be president, you're not going to be president of the United States. It still is shocking that you have 35% of the population, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, but look, you know, the bottom line is that there are billion dollar interests, very powerful billion dollar interests, pumping disinformation into the veins of Americans every single day and convincing Americans to be divided, to hate, and to vote against their own interests. And that's why MidasTouch.com, you know, uh, this podcast and others on this network, simulcasts are, 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 are so important, as is law and order. Yeah, you know, on that, uh, before you move on, you said earlier about lethal injection. You know what they're trying to do to democracy? They're trying to give it a lethal injection. And that's why Midas Touch Network is so important, because we've got to keep that needle out of the arm of democracy, because that's what these people are trying to do. Anything to get into power, because patriotism is gone. Being an elder statesperson is gone. It's all about the grift and the grab. And that's why, it's the, you know, the, the, that's what the party of, of the Democrats for democracy stands for, which is fighting against this. I never thought I'd have to say that. I always thought I'd live in a world, boy, was I a, what was I disillusioned? I always thought I'd live in a world where there were two coherent parties that could both claim to be patriots based on their leadership, their values, and their policies. And then we would just we would just debate over the margins about, you know, you know, money for this and budget allocation and the pie chart and military and and social programs, but not like this. Not with one party is still that and the other party has completely um, you know, just done a murder-suicide pact with their fearless leader, Donald Trump. Well, look, you also have this past week MAGA Republicans led by Matt Gates introducing a resolution to condemn, censure, and investigate federal judge Tanya Chutkin, the federal judge in Washington, D.C., presiding over Trump's case, who we've been talking about. And then earlier this morning, you had Donald Trump's spokesperson say that Donald Trump will primary any member of Congress, any Republican member of Congress who won't vote to defund Jack Smith, and they want an immediate uh, bill introduced to defund Jack Smith. This is the message from Trump's spokesperson literally earlier uh, this morning, and we'll see. Kevin McCarthy will probably do something to that effect, and we'll see that out of the Judiciary Committee with Jim Jordan, MAGA Republican who leads that, who is not a licensed lawyer. Um, and someone who covered up sexual abuse at his previous job, and someone who just has absolutely no clue at all what he is talking about. Can I ask you a question? Because nobody knows this better than you. Name for me, I'm, I'm being serious, name for me one substantive bill that, is, that has helped America that's been passed by McCarthy's Congress since they've been in. Go ahead, we got all, I got time. Name yeah. one. Yeah, the, 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 the reality is is that all we've heard about were Hunter Biden's nudie photos and that there was going to be a whistleblower this week who went missing or was a spy of China or there were 17 audio recordings of Biden and then those didn't really exist or they didn't exist at all or Twitter hearings and 
And then when you go into him, it's like, like, hey, aren't you complaining about things that like happened when Trump was in office? Well, 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 Biden was uh, running a campaign. Well, who, who, who was? Where's the, the bill? Where's the law? Where, where's the law to help America? There is no, a, you know, they, they they are simply an extension of the right wing propaganda machine, and like so much so that Matt Gates hosts a show on Newsmax now. Like how, like you have. Newsmax, Matt Gates is like the main guest host, so like Gates interviews Bobert, and it's like it is a clown, it is a total clown show. Um, but look, I, I want to talk about look, I want to talk about real law and order right now, which is that there are um, some real sentences being requested by the Department of Justice. You and I both have expressed, I think, some frustration in some of the other sentences that have been handed down because. You know, even people who are serving 10, 15 years for their role in the insurrection, you know, I'm thinking that's that's light. And there are some people who are even serving less than that. But the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio and Joe Biggs and Zach Rell and Ethan Nordian and Dominique Pozzola and others um, are the subject of the most recent uh, uh, sentencing recommendations by the Department of Justice after being convicted, many of them for seditious uh, conspiracy. There you have Tario, Biggs, Nordian, Rell, and Pozzola. You see uh, 33 years, 33 years, 27 years, 30 years, and a 20-year recommendation, respectively, there with terrorist enhancements. That's how uh, you get there. Um, but, you know, let's not forget, as we talk about the prosecutions and, and, of, of Donald Trump, right now, I mean, the DOJ under Merrick Garland has really uh, brought claims against thousands of insurrectionists, and they continue to do so and have gotten... Uh, convictions of, of of thousands of insurrectionists, close to a thousand. Um, they haven't lost a single trial yet, uh, jury trial. Think about that. That John Durham, the special counsel appointed by Bill Barr to go after Trump's enemies, took two trials, two cases to trial, lost both of them. Whereas Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice um, whereas Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice uh, have secured victory after victory in their trials. Michael Popak, what do you make of this uh, sentencing? Yeah, this is a Department of Justice that is um, immune from political pressure, doing what it needs to do and asking for the appropriate time. I compared and contrasted it just to show that we're playing fair, um, you know, it's not the Biden weaponized Department of Justice. Last week, the Department of Justice got a 22-year sentence for a woman who sent a package of rice and poison to Donald Trump. So they go for the appropriate where the facts lead them, the justice leads them. Here, the reason people might be scratching their head about... Um, oh, is that true? I just saw you say something in chat. I'll mention that in a minute. Okay. All right. I'll stand corrected, even though I didn't say it out loud. Um, the sentencing of difference between Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Some people might be saying, well, the highest sentence that's ever been set is 18 years for Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the one-eyed leader of the uh, Oath Keepers. And it, the reason is not all um, paramilitary soldiers for Trump are the same. 
and even within them, they're not monolithic, and some of them did even worse things than others. They all did very, very bad things. They're all guilty of seditious conspiracy, but they all within that, there is a range of people that are even worse. In other words, Oath Keepers are, are scared of Proud Boys. I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but that, just to show you, they're not all alike. They're not built the same. Proud Boys were the tip of the spear. They, they assembled at 10 a.m. at the Washington Monument, and then they marched with their minions to attack for the purpose of attacking the Capitol. And they broke through first. They broke through the door of the Senate first. They were the first in at the West Portico at the, at the worst scene of the worst fighting and the rest. So you have that. That is slightly different than the Oath Keepers who did a lot of talking and seditious conspiracy talking, but did less on the ground hand-to-hand combat than the Proud Boys. Enrique Tario, he got, um, two days earlier, got busted for burning a flag at a, at a black church and wasn't technically, wasn't there, but led it from behind. Um, it was tipped off by, a, of all things, of a D.C. cop, tipped him off, Tario, about not coming into the Capitol because you're going to get arrested. But he did it all with walkie-talkies and social media in real time and took credit for it took credit, the Proud Boys took credit for the burning of the cradle of democracy that they led. So this was this was relatively easy. And why the numbers get up that high, look, federal sentencing guidelines is relatively simple. You start with the offenses that they've been convicted of. I want to remind everybody, they've been sitting in federal detention or in the D.C. jail, some of them since 2021, and, and one since 2022. They've been in jail for a long time because they're really bad, bad people. They've been convicted of all these crimes already. Now it's up to the sentencing. You go down the chart, you pick out the crime, the sentencing guideline tells you the base offense level for that particular crime. And these people started with a base offense level, and this is high, with a terrorist enhancement, which some judges have given and some judges haven't, but they're definitely going to give the terrorist enhancement for the Proud Boys. And it's, you start at level 32. That's really, really high. That already leads you to a series of month recommendations that are in the that are in the dozens of years. Then, because they were leaders, you get a role enhancement. You're the leaders. You get plus four. Um, you obstructed justice. You get plus two. You have a criminal history. You get plus four. And then you end up with a number. It's relatively simple. And their number is between 32 and 38, depending upon the four people of the Proud Boys leadership that's been convicted. And that gives you either 360 months to life or 210 to 262 months. And so that's why they're asking 30 years for Joe Biggs and Enrique Tarrio, 30 years for Zach Rell, and slightly less, 27, for Ethan Norton, um, just slightly less. And now they got, they're in front of a judge who was appointed by Trump, but everything else in his background doesn't really say Trumpian. And he's ruled for the Department of Justice in this particular case in the past. Um, so I don't think um, he's going to back off much, although the, the defendants are making it easy because they're saying, time served, two and a half years, we're good, let us go, probation. All right, so... Do I think that this judge is going to end up at 33 years for these people, at 30 years and 27 years? Probably not. Even Judge Mehta, who you and I love on this show because of what he does for justice, even he shaves off a number of years from recommendations. And he's the one that gave the 18 years to, to the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes. But is it going to be in that range of the upper 
with a two in front. I think it's going to end up with a two in front for everybody, um, and that's going to be the that's uh, going to be the end of uh, the end of that. But we need this society and justice system needs this. We can't have another to kind of bring home what we said at the beginning. If you don't have a Jack Smith Jan sixth um, us usurpation of power and coup case in D.C. in front of Judge Chutkin, and you don't throw the book at Donald Trump and these others, it, it will just give license and permission. This will not be the only Jan 6. We will have others, or as they said in the sentencing memo submitted by the Department of Justice for these four individuals, this is not stuff of political violence that we look at in faraway lands or have now landed on shore. And although our justice system held that day, it didn't do it without a cost. And now, this is exactly where punishment comes in. Now you have to not only punish these people for what they did, but you have to send a message to the rest of the future Enrique Tarrios and Proud Boys about this will happen to you. And that's a proper purpose of, of punishment in our justice system. And the message we send here on Legal AF is support our democracy, support an evidence-based system that law and order is founded on. Look at the facts, look at the documents, look at the evidence, and we'll look at it together here on Legal AF. Covered a lot today. Want to remind everybody to go to MidasTouch.com, the new home for all things Midas Touch, the perfect complement to the shows that we do here on our digital platforms. That's MidasTouch.com. Check that out. Also, go to store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the official Legal AF gear. We've got those great shirts designed by... Don't throw the book at Donald Trump and these others. It, it will just will just give license and game over trader permission this will not be the only Jan 6 we will have others or as they said in the sentencing memo submitted by the Department of Justice for these four individuals. This is not stuff of political violence that we look at in faraway lands or have now landed on shore. And although our justice system held that day, it didn't do it without a cost. And now, this is exactly where punishment comes in. Now you have to not only punish these people for what they did, but you have to send a message to the rest of the future Enrique Tarrios and Proud Boys about this will happen to you. And that's a proper purpose of, of punishment in our justice system. And the message we send here on Legal AF is support our democracy, support an evidence-based system that law and order is founded on. Look at the facts, look at the documents, look at the evidence, and we'll look at it together here on Legal AF. Covered a lot today. Want to remind everybody to go to MidasTouch.com, the new home 
for all things Midas Touch, the perfect complement to the shows that we do here on our digital platforms. That's MidasTouch.com. Check that out. Also, go to store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the official Legal AF gear. We've got those great shirts designed by Karen Friedman Agniflo and one of the best designers, logo designers in the game. Those are selling out pretty quickly. Go to store.midastouch.com. Just so you know, it's 100% made in the USA, 100% union made here at the Midas Touch Network. Popak, always enjoy spending this time with you. Legal AFers, thank you so, so much. None of this is possible without you. Popak, myself, and all of our contributors here on the Midas Touch Network are so honored to be a part of this community with you. We'll see you next time on Legal AF. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Dried fruit. This is why you feel tired after eating dried fruit. Dried fruit. Dried fruit seems like it should be healthy, right? Wrong. Of course, all fruit contains nutrients like fiber and vitamins. So we're under the impression that dried fruit is a healthy snack. But people don't realize dried fruit is a high-calorie sugar bomb. So even just a handful can spike your blood sugar and lead to weight gain. Avoid snacking on dried fruit. It doesn't matter that 20 doctors have told you it's all in your head. I've got news for you. It's actually all in your gut. Top American surgeon, Dr. Stephen Gundry, says he's solved the weight loss mystery. You really have changed the way I think about what I eat. Best book I've seen on diet ever. You did all this research. You were 70 pounds heavier. What did you change? What did you stop eating? What did you start eating? So I used to be 70 pounds overweight, and I was running 30 miles a week. I was going to the gym one hour every day and eating a healthy, low-fat vegetarian diet. And no matter what I did, I couldn't lose weight. Then, Dr. Gundry discovered a remarkable scientific breakthrough that changed everything. I attribute almost all of my weight loss to the addition of one thing that I did to my diet. We live in the most advanced era in human history, right? There have never been more medical breakthroughs than there are right now. So tell me one thing. Why is the health of the average American plummeting? Higher digestive issues like bloating, cramps, and constipation at the highest levels ever recorded. So many of us struggle with fatigue and low mood. Why are 66% of Americans overweight, diabetic, or pre diabetic? Why is that number skyrocketing every day? The projections that in 10 years, a staggering 85% of all Americans will be overweight or obese. Because modern medicine profits from sickness, not health. In my opinion, Air Worst Fear is that you learn the true cause of what ails you and that you solve it once and for all. That's why I made this video. My name is Dr. Stephen Gundry, and for much of my adult life, I was overweight. My knees and bones ached, and I was tired all the time. This was despite being a world-renowned cardiothoracic surgeon and living the perfect healthy lifestyle most of my fellow doctors had recommended. I rarely ate fast food. I consumed low-fat dairy and whole grains. I ran 30 miles a week and worked out at the gym daily. Despite all this, I was 70 pounds overweight, had high blood pressure, migraine headaches, arthritis, high cholesterol, and insulin resistance. I wore braces on my knees because they hurt so much. That was then. Today I'm proud to say I'm not only thin and healthy, I'm actually happy because I finally feel clean and healthy on the inside. I'm turning 70 this year, and people often assume I'm 10 years younger than I am. 
Best of all, I've now helped tens of thousands of people achieve the same results, including people of every age, many of whom were in really bad shape and thought they could never get healthy. To accomplish this yourself, you do not need to visit a doctor. You do not need to have an expensive surgery. You do not need to do crazy workouts. And you don't have to starve yourself. What you do need to do is change one, just one, aspect of your health. If you do it, I can practically guarantee your health and life will change in a matter of weeks or even days. What's the one thing you need to change? Your gut. Today, I'm going to share with you my brand new gut cleanse protocol for transforming your physical health and achieving the life you deserve. It's based on scientific research from my four... And now uh, you have this guy, the, the top eight of Santos, um, who was indicted this week, you know, Samuel Mele, Mele, Mele. and uh, this guy Mele. indicted in the same courthouse Mele. that Santos is indicted on um, for Santos's wire fraud. It's, 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 I don't think we need to do a, a, a deep analysis into that one, Popox. I just have say. one line. I just have one line. It, it, the irony is dripping that the person who impersonated people has a person that worked for him that is being indicted for impersonating somebody as well. And there's that link, because he sent an email, Millie, Miley, whatever his name is, to George Santos, in which he told George Santos, I just impersonated some big name in order to get money. Big risk, big reward. And he actually broke that to Santos, which, of course, the prosecutors who have 13 indictment counts against George, Sant uh, against George Santos found in all of their things. Both these guys are going down, and Miley, Mealy, is assigned to a brand new, speaking of brand new judges, a brand new Biden judge um, in, that, in that eastern district of New York that covers your old hometown. Um, couldn't happen to nicer people. Again, the lack of courage, balls, gravitas, and other things to the Republican Party leadership is breathtaking. And I think we're really, I, as I said to you, uh, just in pre-production and also just gabbing when you and I talk, that the worm for me, I think has, I think the worm has turned for Donald Trump. And now we're really seeing in the rate, in the, in the approval ratings and in the head-to-head -head contest predictions in the last two weeks, a real hit to Donald Trump's numbers. And the fact that 63% of Americans do not believe he should be the president of the United States. They can say what they want about Joe Biden, and I don't know why they complain about Joe Biden the way they do, given his record of, of, of phenomenal body of work. But if 63% of the people on off your fourth indictment don't think you should be president, you're not going to be president of the United States. It still is shocking that you have 35% of the population, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, but look, the bottom line is that there are billion dollar interests, very powerful billion dollar interests, pumping disinformation into the veins of Americans every single day and convincing Americans to be divided, to hate and to vote against their own interests. And that's why MidasTouch.com, you know, uh, this podcast and others on this network, simulcasts are, 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 are so important, as is law and order. Yeah, you know what, uh, before you move on, you said earlier about lethal injection. You know what they're trying to do to democracy? They're trying to give it a lethal injection. And that's why Midas Touch Network is so important, because we've got to 
keep that needle out of the arm of democracy because that's what these people are trying to do. Anything to get into power because patriotism is gone. Being an elder statesperson is gone. It's all about the grift and the grab. And that's why, it's, you know, that, that, that's what the party of, of the Democrats for democracy stands for, which is fighting against this. I never thought I'd have to say that. I always thought I'd live in a world, boy, was I, what was I disillusioned? I always thought I'd live in a world where there were two coherent parties that could both claim to be patriots based on their leadership, their values, and their policies. And then we would just, we would just debate over the margins about, you know, you know, money for this and budget allocation of the pie chart and military and, and social programs, but not like this. Not with one party is still that, and the other party has completely, um, you know, just done a murder-suicide pact with their fearless leader, Donald Trump. Well, look, you also have this past week MAGA Republicans led by Matt Gates introducing a resolution to condemn, censure, and investigate federal judge Tanya Chutkin, the federal judge in Washington, D.C., presiding over Trump's case, who we've been talking about. And then earlier this morning, you had Donald Trump's spokesperson say that Donald Trump will primary any member of Congress, any Republican member of Congress, who won't vote to defund Jack Smith, and they want an immediate uh, bill introduced to defund Jack Smith. This is the message from Trump's spokesperson literally earlier uh, this morning, and we'll see. Kevin McCarthy will probably do something to that effect, and we'll see that out of the Judiciary Committee with Jim Jordan, MAGA Republican who leads that, who is not a licensed lawyer. Um, and someone who covered up sexual abuse at his previous job, and someone who just has absolutely no clue at all what he is talking about. Can I ask you a question? Because nobody knows this better than you. Name for me, I'm, I'm being serious, name for me one substantive bill that, is, that has helped America that's been passed by McCarthy's Congress since they've been in. Go ahead, we got all, i got time. Name yeah. me one. Yeah, the, 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 the reality is is that all we've heard about were Hunter Biden's nudie photos and that there was going to be a whistleblower this week who went missing or was a spy of China or there were 17 audio recordings of Biden and then those didn't really exist or they didn't exist at all or Twitter hearings and then when you go into them, it's like, hey, aren't you complaining about things that, like, happened when Trump was in office? Well, 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 Biden was uh, running a campaign. Well, who, who, who was Where's the bill? Where's the law? Where, where's the law to help America? There is no, a, you know, they, they, they are simply an extension of the right-wing propaganda machine, and, like, so much so that Matt Gates hosts a show on Newsmax now. Like, how, like, you have... Newsmax, Matt Gates is like the main guest host, so like Gates interviews Bobert, and it's like it is a clown, it is a total clown show. Um, but look, I, I want to talk about look, I want to talk about real law and order right now, which is that there are um, some real sentences being requested by the Department of Justice. You and I both have expressed, I think, some frustration in some of the other sentences that have been handed down because. You know, even people who are serving 10, 15 years for their role in the insurrection, you know, I'm thinking that's that's light. And there are some people who are even serving less than that. But the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, and Joe Biggs, and Zach Rell, and Ethan Nordian, and Dominique Pizzola, and others, um, are the subject of the most recent 
uh, uh, sentencing recommendations by the Department of Justice after being convicted, many of them for seditious uh, conspiracy. There you have Tario, Biggs, Nornian, Rell, and Pozzola. You see uh, 33 years, 33 years, 27 years, 30 years, and a 20-year recommendation, respectively, there with terrorist enhancements. That's how uh, you get there. Um, but, you know, let's not forget, as we talk about the prosecutions in, in, of Donald Trump, right now, I mean, the DOJ under Merrick Garland has really brought claims against thousands of insurrectionists, and they continue to do so, and have gotten... Uh, convictions of, of of thousands of insurrectionists, close to a thousand. Um, they haven't lost a single trial yet, uh, jury trial. Think about that. That John Durham, the special counsel appointed by Bill Barr to go after Trump's enemies, took two trials, two cases to trial, lost both of them. Whereas Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice. Um, whereas Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice uh, have secured victory after victory in their trials. Michael Popak, what do you make of this uh, sentence? Yeah, this is a Department of Justice that is um, immune from political pressure, doing what it needs to do and asking for the appropriate time. I compared and contrasted it just to show that we're playing fair. Um, you know, it's not the Biden weaponized Department of Justice last week. The Department of Justice got a 22-year sentence for a woman who sent a package of rice and poison to Donald Trump. So they go for the appropriate where the facts lead them, the justice leads them. Here, the reason people might be scratching their head about, um, oh, is that true? I just saw you say something in chat. I'll mention that in a minute. Okay. All right. I'll stand corrected, even though I didn't say it out loud. Um, the sentencing uh, difference between Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Some people might be saying, well, the highest sentence that's ever been set is 18 years for Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the one eye, leader of the uh, Oath Keepers. And it, the reason is not all um, paramilitary soldiers for Trump are the same. Um, even within them, they're not monolithic. And some of them did even worse things than others. They all did very, very bad things. They're all guilty of seditious conspiracy, but they all within that there is a range of people that are even worse. In other words, oath keepers are, are scared of proud boys. I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but that, just to show you, they're not all alike. They're not built the same. Proud boys were the tip of the spear. They they assembled at 10 a.m. at the Washington Monument, and then they marched with their minions to attack for the purpose of attacking the Capitol, and they broke through first. They broke through the door of the Senate first. They were the first in at the West Portico at the, at the worst scene of the worst fighting and the rest. So you have that. That is slightly different than the Oath Keepers, who did a lot of talking and seditious conspiracy talking, but did less on the ground hand-to-hand -hand combat than the Proud Boys. Enrique Tario, he got, um, two days earlier, got busted for burning a flag at a, at a black church and wasn't technically, wasn't there, but led it from behind. Um, it was tipped off by a, of all things, of a DC cop tipped him off, Tario, about not coming into the Capitol because you're going to get arrested. But he did it all with walkie-talkies and social media in real time and took credit for it. Took credit, the Proud Boys took credit for the burning of the cradle of democracy 
that they led. So this was this was relatively easy. And why the numbers get up that high? Look, federal sentencing guidelines is relatively simple. You start with the offenses that they've been convicted on. I want to remind everybody, they've been sitting in federal detention or in the D.C. jail, some of them since 2021, and, and one since 2022. They've been in jail for a long time because they're really bad, bad people. They've been convicted of all these crimes already. Now it's up to the sentencing. You go down the chart, you pick out the crime, the sentencing guideline tells you the base offense level for that particular crime. And these people started with a base offense level, and this is high, with a terrorist enhancement, which some judges have given and some judges haven't, but they're definitely going to give the terrorist enhancement for the Proud Boys. And you start at level 32. That's really, really high. That already leads you to a series of month recommendations that are in the, that are in the dozens of years. Then, because they were leaders, you get a role enhancement. You're the leaders. You get plus 